There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you again for tuning in. And we are in our week of meetings in Oxford, North Carolina. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. We are at the Grace Baptist Church at 407 Broad Street, Oxford, North Carolina, right off exit 203. And if you're in the North Carolina area, we're glad to have you come. We're just about a half hour north of Durham, about 45 minutes to an hour north of Raleigh, about an hour and 10 minutes north of Cary, Apex area. And so just south of Henderson. Anywhere else you need to know, look it up on a map. We'll be glad to have you come. And so we're in a day where a lot of people talk about revival, but not many folks interested in what it's going to take to bring revival. And so the church there, the pastor there, calls these revival services. What does that mean? We're taking that which once had some life. And we're trying to breathe life back into it with the Word of God. And the Word of God is what's going to sustain us. The Word of God is what's going to make it possible. It's not the preaching of the man. It's not the the conduct of the man. Although the man's conduct ought to be excellent. The preaching ought to be excellent. But more than that, it's the stirring of the work of God to bring life into that that once had life. And that those that have fallen by the wayside, those that have drifted off, those that are lethargic, those that have that spirit of slumber that have come upon them in this day, in this hour. So pray for us, 7 o'clock each night, and uh, we'll be in meeting all week long, Lord willing. And so I want to look at the Word of God again in Psalm chapter 12. We left off in verse 4 last time. I'll start in verse 5. And when they asked who was Lord over us in verse 4, verse 5 said, For the oppression of the poor... For the sign of the needy, now will I arise, saith the Lord. God has always heard the oppression of the poor. When they cried out to him in Egypt land, he heard the children of Israel. Uh, under the bondage, even there in Babylon, when they hung their harps in the willow trees, God heard their cry from Babylon. When they under the oppression of the Philistines in the land, God heard their cry. And so he said, now for the sign of the needy. Uh, when there's great need in people's lives, that sighing, that weight that comes upon them, that pressing down, which causes sighing often in the word of God. God hears that, and God's ear is tuned to the cry of those that need him. And the problem is today, of course, we don't need God. We have everything we need. We have cars and houses and lands and clothes and food. And it seems like we're in a day when men don't need God. At least they'll tell you they don't need God. They got all this figured out. But America is heading to a place where men once again might just need God. Uh, you know, the evil has come upon every hand. Wickedness has oppressed men upon every hand. Finances are beginning to fall apart for people. Gas is skyrocketing, soon to be $5 a gallon. Fuel oil to heat your house is soon to be $5 a gallon. Electric prices are soaring. If Unless you're off the grid burning firewood, you're going to be in a lot of trouble in a few years financially. We're going to have need of Almighty God. It used to be farmers prayed for rain. Now they have irrigation systems. It used to be the home gardener prayed for rain. Now they have plenty of water. Water's a great commodity. I know my wife and I are on public water. 
Now, we can get as much water as we want. In fact, we can go several thousand gallons a month without paying the extra charge. And we have to put a pretty good amount of water through our system to pay the extra charge. Even then, the extra charge is only $8 a month for another thousand gallons. I remember as a boy, we used to fill our cistern up, and that uh, water truck would come out. It was $22, $2 delivery fee, $20 to fill up our cistern with water, and we had to conserve that because we didn't have $20 to fill the cistern many times. Well, today, everybody's abounding. Everybody's uh, affluent. Everybody has a system that is providing them money, whether it's a job or whether it's a practice or whether it's the government, and they have the money that they need, but America is soon going to be in trouble. We are stand in need of the Word of God, and if we were cry unto God, if we would cry out of the oppression of the wicked, God would hear our cry. And then he said this, I will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. And so if God hears the sign of the needy, God will separate them unto himself. He will set him in safety from him that puffeth at him. Now, how is the Lord going to do that? Well, he tells us in verse 6, and I know there's many ways to preach verse 6. I've heard many examples given, some right, some probably not right, but I've heard many thoughts on Psalms 12 and verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words. Now, that's every word of God that's spoken is a pure word. He said, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. So we know that the words of the Lord are pure words. And by the way, when that silver goes to that furnace seven times, each time it purifies, it purifies, and finally it's pure silver. You realize that silver today, even if you buy the absolute best coin from the U.S. Mint, is 99.999%. They cannot guarantee purity. But if it goes to the furnace of earth, God said it'll be absolutely pure as his words are pure. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. And so the word of God is going to deliver the poor. The word of God is going to be what comes and meets the need of the needy that sigh because of the oppression upon them. It's the word of the Lord that delivers men in their need. And we've lost sight of that today. We don't understand how important the word of the Lord is, because when the words of the Lord are pure words, God brings them to us, and then the Lord is going to keep those words as he has done, and the word, not, word of God tells us he's not going to keep them, he's going to preserve them from this generation forever. So to look again at the scripture, we're going to go to Isaiah 28 and what the Lord does when he delivers by his word. The word of God tells us in Isaiah chapter 28 and verse 9, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Now, the word of God told us that there will come a time when men will not endure sound doctrine. But yet the Lord told the children of Israel, he told the man of God in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 2, My doctrine shall drop as the rain, that's the words of God, my speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Now, the difference in the rain and the dew is the amount of moisture. Yet the dew sustains from day to day. But then every once in a while, God will send those showers of rain and cause the tender herb to spring forth. Why, he set the course of the water course, and God sends that ra rain that it might bring forth that tender herb out of a dry place. And God occasionally will send that rain shower to water the earth that will see growth. 
In the meantime, his doctrine distills as the dew. God puts it upon the face of the earth to water. It's a continual watering. Doctrine will saturate your soul. Doctrine, sound doctrine, will make you what you ought to be. I heard a preacher many years ago. He said, wrong doctrine, wrong living. Right doctrine, right living. And so he's going to teach knowledge, and he's going to make to understand doctrine. Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. This are those that can handle meat. These are those that can handle the meat of the word of God. God is going to teach them knowledge. God is going to give them doctrine. They can understand doctrine. He says then, for precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Here's the purpose of that. We need to understand the word of God is preceptual and the word of God is line upon line. I know preachers that they only go line upon line and they miss precepts of the word of God. For years, I came up in a, in a, in a, a group of people. Their idea of preaching was constantly precepts. This is what the Lord's trying to say, spiritualizing everything, making spiritual messages. But he told us it's a little bit of both. It's line upon line. It's precept upon precept. Why? Because we're trying to get the doctrine from the word of God. Verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. And so God is trying to deliver the oppressed. God is trying to bring them to a safe place. God is hearing the sigh of the needy. He wants to move them to a safe place by the word of God, but they will not hear. They would not cause the refreshing that God wants to cause upon their soul. They don't find a place of rest. Why? They will not hear the doctrine of the word of God. But the word of the Lord was unto them. In verse 13, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. They had the word of God. They had everything that they needed. He said, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. And here's the key, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. And so God wanted to deliver them by his strong hand. God wanted to deliver them by his mighty arm and his mighty power, but they would not hear. So Jesus Christ, again, brought his disciples the word of God. But in Luke chapter 21, I believe it is, he said he had to open their understanding. Why? They'd heard him. They had ministered with him. They had walked with him. They had lived with him. They had been with him upon this earth, but yet they did not understand the word of God. And so he began to expound to them all the things in the scripture concerning himself in Moses' law, in the prophets, even in the Psalms. That's why important we understand the Psalms. God began to reveal himself in the person of Jesus Christ to them through the scriptures. And through the scriptures, he opened their understanding. And when he opened their understanding, they could see Jesus Christ in the scriptures. So again, when we preach, it's precept upon precept. Precept, he said, must be upon precept. We don't take a precept out of sorts and out of kilter. No, we stack them. It's upon precept, upon precept, upon precept, upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. And so each one follows the other. And we began to build a doctrine the doctrine of the Word of God. I mentioned last week, I'll mention again, one of the failures of modern Protestantism 
as I see it, is the misunderstanding of the Word of God. They will take a dictionary or they will take some sort of study help and they'll change a word in the Word of God. When they do that in certain Psalms, it takes away the deity of the Psalm. It diminishes the person of Jesus Christ. And so when you go to reference materials and you go to study helps and you go even to commentaries, I mean by great men, and you will not see Jesus Christ in the commentary. Why? Because they trusted a book. They trusted a man. They trusted the wisdom of man rather than trust the word of God. We have a generation that's been taught that the word of God are not the words of God. But the psalmist told us these are the words of the Lord purified in the earth. And God has purified them as he's purified that silver seven times in the furnace of the earth. And so we can take the word of God. We can take the words of God and believe them. Again, what happens? They change one word and it changes the meaning of a scripture. And all of a sudden, we don't see Jesus Christ in the scripture. Why? Because one word has been changed. It's the wisdom of man. It's flattering lips. It's men given titles, the same thing he speaks about. And because men are given titles and men are given flattery early on this text, when it comes to the word of the Lord, which will deliver men from oppression, it'll deliver the weak. It'll deliver those that struggle. It'll deliver those that have weak doctrine. It'll deliver, can I just go ahead and say, it'll deliver those that are lost without hope in this world. The poor, the needy, the oppressed. And if they would just believe God, God could snare them. They'd be fall backward, be broken and snared and taken. What does that mean? That's not a bad thing. That's God capturing them. That's God taking them. That's God grasping them. That's God putting them in the security that's found in Jesus Christ. It's not a bad thing to be snared by the Lord. It's a good thing to be snared by the Lord and be taken by the Lord because the word of God has captured you. The word of God has bound you. The word of God has changed you. And that's what God's trying to do with precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Why? That his doctrine may go forth. It's the doctrine of the word of God. And God's trying to do that for every one of us if we would just believe the word of God. But instead of believing the word of God, in fact, I was even told at different times in my ministry, they said, well, why don't you use this book? And why don't you use this study guide? And why don't you use, well, if I had advice from 10 different people, they'd tell me 10 different books I needed to use. If I had advice from 10 different preachers, they'd tell me 10 different study helps to use. Well, what if those study helps contradict each other, which they often do? What if I see Jesus Christ in our next Psalm, which is Psalm 13, and I do see Jesus Christ there, and 20 different preachers are recommended 20 different books about that Psalm, and I read those books, no matter how big the name, no matter how highly esteemed that man is, but I don't see Jesus Christ in the books. Who am I to believe? I'm to believe the word of God. I'm to believe the psalmist. I'm to believe the words of God. And God said, this is my son. Here he is. See him, know him, understand the doctrine of who he is. And that's what I'm to believe. That's why, because the word of God is pure. It's pure words. It's holy words. And God uses it to prick hearts, to pierce hearts. That's why there's deliverance in the English Bible, the King James Bible. God saves souls through the word of God. Hebrews chapter 5, well-known passage of scripture, and verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even dividing asunder of soul and spirit. God will divide you. God will rend you. God will separate you with the word of God. And of the joints and marrow 
And then he says, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's what brings us to salvation. That's what causes men to fall back and be snared and taken because God discerns the thoughts, even the intents of the heart. God knows what they're going to do, not just what they have done. God knows what they're going to do. And that's a joy to hear. It's a joy to know that the word of God goes forth. The words of God are pure words. The word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Thou shalt, preserve, thou shalt keep them, rather, in verse 7. O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Can I say we're in a day in religion when the vilest men are exalted? Men that have denied the doctrine of hell. Men that have denied the doctrines of the word of God. Men that have embraced a five-point Calvinistic theology, the tool of theology. Men have embraced a damnable heresy called Calvinism, and they've imposed it upon people, where people today are so confused that they deny the word of God. They deny the very words of God. They've rejected, yet those men are exalted on high. They've embraced the charismatic Pentecostal doctrines of today. Those men are charlatans. They're money grabbers. They're money hungry. They see big ministry with big money, and people say, oh, because of this money, certainly that must be God. But they err, not understanding the truth, not knowing the truth. The word of God says they've erred in that, yet Men of God still press on for the glory of God without being exalted, without being lifted up, without much being made of them. Why? Because God counts it of a servant. He finds in that servant, he finds in that steward that he be found faithful. Can you be faithful to the word of God? Will you be faithful to this precious King James Bible? That's our message for today. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with glad are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.